Otani did Otani things on Tuesday night, and John and I are going to share the details of that start, and we're going to ask a really important question. Is it difficult to be a Halo when your name isn't Otani or Trout? Is it difficult playing with them? Let's find out together. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We are available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. Five stars, please. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today, and you can get started there. Thanks for being here with us for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the the number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast and the Super Halo Bros here with you, a.k.a. the Frisch Brothers. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. I threw him for a loop on that one. Did you see? I said Frisch Brothers, not Yeah, not it threw me brother. for a loop. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and I have been fans of this team for years, and it's our second season with you here at Lockdown Angels. We're so grateful to be here and that you've joined us today Hey, coming up on Friday, of course, is Fan Mail Friday. I'm sure you guys have a lot of things to say about this team so far in the 11 games that we've played. But Mike, we're six and five and uh, that feels pretty good. Yes. On today's show, of course, we're going to recap last night's game. Then we're going to do our very first minor league report and take a look at AAA and in particular, Joe Adele mm-hmm. and have a conversation about is it hard to be a halo when you're on a team with Mike Trout? And Shohei Otani, Mike. Let's get into recapping last night's game against the Nationals, two to nothing. It was a great game, and uh, you, you got to give it up for that starting uh, pitcher for the Nationals. Josiah Gray looked really, really good. Yeah, and gave up a lot of home runs last year, and this year has actually done a whole lot better. His last start was strong. His start last night against us was strong. We have a tendency to make young guys look really, really good, like Cy Youngs. Especially when, especially when Otani's on the mound. But yeah. Shohei just did Shohei thing. Seven innings pitched, one hit, five walks. Let's talk about that in just a second. <laughs> and five Ks, John. 92, six Ks. Uh, sorry, six Ks. You're right. I, I missed one. 92 pitches thrown. Okay, floor's yours, John. You want to talk about those umps in the ump show last oh, night? <laughs> good grief, man. I could not believe that Josiah Gray was getting all the spots that Shohei Otani wasn't. Yes. And then it just was a frustrating game. And, uh, and fortunately for Shohei Otani, that guy knows how to battle through a tough game. He, yeah. he did that in Seattle when he didn't quite have his command. This time, it was the umpire behind the dish not giving him the pitches that should have been strikes. And Josiah Gray getting those against the Angels didn't help. And then... Of course, it's Doug Eddings over uh, first base when there was, a, there was a, a swing and he said he didn't go around when he clearly did. And I think that's the same at bat that Shohei got a hit on. He probably yeah. would have had a no hitter if not for that guy getting a single after Doug Eddings said, nope, didn't go around. So <laughs> Doug Eddings, just, just go away. Just retire. It was a good impression a of Doug. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you've been around a long time, Doug. It's time to haunt us since 2005, dude. Yeah. Time to yeah. go home and be with your family and just have a nice <laughs> life. I really wish that for you, my friend. Yes. I want you to have a nice life and uh, and move on. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, tenth, <laughs> Mike, 10th consecutive game for Shohei Otani with two runs or less. That passes Nolan Ryan's nine consecutive games. He has outdone Nolan Ryan in terms of having 
10 consecutive games with two runs or less. Incredible. He gave up Unreal. Uh, just the one run in 19 innings, 12 walks, six hits. The OPS that he has hitting is at 979, and his ERA is under 0.5 at the moment. <laughs> That's this good. This was the first time that the Angels had a multi-run lead for Otani this season, if you can Way to go, it. boys. <laughs> Way to in come seventh, through. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. In the seventh inning, did you think that Otani was coming back in uh, when he had 92 pitches? Did you think he was going to come back for the, for the eighth? I did because he had 92 pitches. Yeah. Um, and, and it was frustrating because when Doug Eddings did do the, uh, no, he didn't swing. I think he threw like maybe four or five more pitches after that. And that was the problem with the ump- the umpire strike zone yes. and everything. It just, it made Otani throw more than he should have because yep. he would have had strike three. He yeah. would have had a swing and a miss strike three on that, on that call from Doug, Doug Eddings. So these umpires just extended and extended Otani's, uh, at bats against the the Nationals, and it was just really frustrating. So he probably w- would have been at a pitch count to warrant coming back to the eighth, maybe even the ninth, if he hadn't yeah. had to use so many pitches. Yeah, because of the umpires, right? I think that I think that um, because he had triple digits in his last outing, hitting triple digits, I think 111, 112 mm-hmm. pitches. 111. That's why that's why they didn't bring him back out. But when he was at ninety two, and with the struggles of the bullpen, I thought, oh, there's no way that this guy's going to stay on the bench. But he did. He did stay on the bench. I did love this note uh, from Garrett Anderson. It was in the booth on the TV side. Mm -hmm. And they were asking, like, how would you approach Otani? And he said, really, I would just pray and and hope that I got lucky (laughs) because he said Otani doesn't have any patterns. Mm -mm. He just goes up there and he's figuring it out along the way. Mm -hmm. And you can see that when... He walked a guy and was struggling and and Gooby even said he's trying to figure out that slider. He's trying to figure out that sweeper. And then he came back after walking a guy and he threw 99, like top corner of the strike yeah. zone. And they yeah. were like, whoo. And then he threw 99 just off the plate. And they were like, okay, now, now he's doing something else. And there's so, nothing, there's nothing you can figure out about Shohei Otani. There's no figuring out yeah. Shohei Otani when it comes to him on the mound. Mike, he's reached base. 34 straight games. Isn't yeah. that incredible? This just in. He's good. He's good. <laughs> right? Otani is annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The offense last night came down to Anthony Rendon and Logan Ohapi. Rendon yep. had a uh, bases loaded sacrifice fly. It was great because it went the opposite way. And, and I had spoken on yesterday's show about how the Angels while they're hitting the ball hard, they're just hitting it right to guys. Yeah. And it was good to see Rendon at least try to go the other way with it. It did get caught, but it was enough to get that sacrifice fly. You'd like to see them score more runs in a bases loaded, no out situation because Hunter Renfro grounded into a double play right after that. Right. And then Logan O'Hoppy, man, talk about him. Yeah, fourth home run. He has 10 RBIs, by the way, leads the team in both categories. And his home run went 414 feet. Johnny, I love him at the bottom of the lineup, and mm-hmm. no matter what numbers he puts up, I think you got to keep him there just simply because he is he is the guy that helps this lineup turn over. But when it gets to him, there's just a confidence that I have as a fan yeah. that yeah. it isn't going to be a black hole, which that lineup at the bottom has been a black hole when he's not in there. Yeah, which is why, like, when he's not playing and they bring in Thice, like, it, it just feels like, oh man, there's just not going to be any offense there. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait till Max Stassi can come back. I would even be excited about seeing like a Chad Wallach in there mm-hmm. because he, when he played for us last year, he actually he came through. John, there was a couple of really 
interesting plays. Uh, one that I want to focus on was the defensive play that Hunter Renfro made in the fourth inning. Mm-hmm. It was a ball that was going to right field, and if it gets caught in that corner, that's a triple, right? No matter yeah. who you are, you're the slowest guy the in the world. Yes, you can be the <laughs> slowest guy on the team. And and Renfro hustled, put his glove down, got it, and threw it back in. And then the Nationals only got runners at second and third. And that kept them off the board because Angels hadn't scored at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and the Nats getting that first run could have been something that would have stopped the momentum of Otani yes. and could have really gotten in the way of the Angels yes. scoring runs. So good on Hunter Renfro. That, that's, I think, what you call a defensive run save. That's that's an exact example right. of what that stat is supposed to tell us. No and kidding. And you saw it happen last night in the fourth inning. Hey, how about the bullpen? Finally not giving us a Let's heart go. attack when they come into the game. You had Jose Quijada pitching yep. a, a, a good eighth inning. Then you had Carlos Estevez come in, and he got his first save of the season. He did finish a game the other day, but that was a four-out uh, situation. And so this was the first time he had an actual save in this in this situation I, I love both of those guys in that situation i know yesterday you talked about the bullpen johnny i i just wish that there weren't these hard fast man-made self-made rules like well this hmm. guy pitched this day so he can't pitch that day because right. what this bullpen needs is that velocity high velocity guy and that's jose quijada and i know yeah. that and even yeah, right? And if he goes any more than one inning, then he hasn't really been successful. But I think him coming in in the eighth and just blowing guys away is exactly what you want. And Estevas as well, doing one inning, getting his first save. I think that these guys, if they can pitch them a bit more, I think it's ideal. And then having a having like a Herget or a Matt Moore and then pushing the Taperas and the Loops to kind of the junk innings, the, yeah. the bridge innings, yeah. you know, all of that I think is really important. And so last night was really fun to watch Quijada come in and then uh, Estevez really really pitch well in that ninth inning couple more notes uh, for this game shout out to Wayne Randazzo for making a ultimate warrior wrestling <laughs> yes, he reference did, didn't he? He, uh, <laughs> parts he knows, unknown that's he what knows it was. the way to our heart man that's exactly <laughs> and then he called the uh, the Dodger City Connect the uh, blueberry pajama City Connect yes, he did. That, that was great, great. That was great. True Angel fan. He's in he's endearing himself to Angel fandom. That's right. Hey, listen, we did get the note uh, after the game last night that Shohei Otani is not going to DH tomorrow. They're going to give him the day off. I don't blame them. I think he it's a well-deserved day off. So yeah. Mike Trout is going to DH. And with Griffin Canning going going on today's game versus Mackenzie Gore, uh, it's a day game, by the way. So 107 Pacific time. So set your alarms. Canning is going to go about 90 to 100 pitches, Phil Nevin said. So we'll see how far that takes him into the game. And Andrew Wance was optioned so that they could make room for Griffin Canning because, Mike, there's not a lot of guys on this team that have options. And Andrew Wance is one of them. So they made room for him. Uh, They made room for Griffin Canning by optioning Andrew Wance. So get set for that game today at 107. It's going to be a good one. We're looking forward to seeing Griffin Canning back on the bump. Hey, coming up on Lockdown Angels. Is it difficult to be an angel and play next to Trout and Otani? That's something we're going to get into and discuss coming up. Locked on Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. And the NBA playoffs are here, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, at FanDuel, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet 
doesn't win. So just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up and claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spreads to which team will be the NBA champions. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up and make every moment more with FanDuel. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. We're so glad to have you here with us. And we're doing our very first minor league report of the week. We're going to try to do this once a week so you guys know who to keep an eye on in AAA and AA and high A and single A, all the A's. And so we're (laughs) going to get into our minor league report about the Salt Lake Bees. Let's go. It's time to head down to the farm for the Angels minor league report. Mike, the Salt Lake Bees are making a lot of noise this past week, so we're taking a look at them because with some of the issues that we've seen with the pitching and the bullpen, and it would serve to, uh, you might assume that the next guys up to help out this bullpen will be coming from AAA. So we're going to talk about those pitchers, but let's talk about some of the hitters who have been making a lot of noise down in AAA. You know, what's interesting about the Bees is that their starting lineup was very similar to the Angels starting lineup last season. And so it just goes to show how much depth this team has. And part of that depth is the one and only Joe Adele. And he is off to a great start in AAA. He has set a B's franchise record homering (laughs) homering in six consecutive games, Johnny. He had two home runs in that sixth game, and Mm -hmm. these were crushed he was named the pacific coast league player of the week and and he just looks fantastic nine games 42 plate appearances 11 runs 12 hits four doubles seven homers 15 Mm -hmm. rbis he's walked seven times he has 12 k's here's his slash line johnny 353 476 1088 and a thousand, well, fifteen hundred sixty-four OPS, so yeah. one point five six OPS, and his K percentage that is always a concern with Joe Adele is mm-hmm. a tick high at twenty-eight percent, but he is crushing it in the minor leagues. Now I know the narrative, John, is always well, this is what Joe Adele does when he gets to the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. However, what this does is raise his value and get eyes on him so that. Either we bring him up and maybe something clicks for him or we can dangle him as trade bait or as somebody that we can go and get maybe a few bullpen arms for. The thing that I did see on Twitter yesterday and the day before was we have to remember Hunter Renfro is only on a one-year deal. Right? Maybe Joe Adele finally puts it together, finally gets his head together and is in that starting outfield in 2024. Yeah, I understand the notion of maybe making him a trade piece and getting some bullpen help, maybe a true closer. And that's certainly something that can happen yeah. perhaps maybe a few months in. But you're right, Mike. The, my one hesitation is who's going to play the outfield next season then yep. because you don't have Hunter Renfro after this year unless the Angels offer him some sort of extension or sign him to a new, a new contract which could very well happen. And I'd like but to I think, see that. I think, I think at the I think moment, I think I think you give Joe Adele, we've been saying it all along, give him that season in the minors to get his head right, to get his defense right, and to get those strikeouts down. And so far, he needs to get those strikeout, that strikeout percentage down a little bit more. Yeah. But for him to build his confidence by having that seven 
those seven home runs, six in consecutive games, and then the seventh in the same game, that's only going to build his confidence. Hey, I pulled these stats before I saw Trey Cabbage go off yeah. in the in the bees game last night who happened to hit a grand slam by the yes. way yes now for the record uh because i saw that i did add a home run and four rbis to his total you're my stats, hero thank just you so you know that. but thank i didn't mess with that. the slash line <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the, some numbers are accurate and some numbers may not be accurate but the overall numbers are really great yeah eight games 27 plate appearances seven runs 10 hits one double two triples two home runs 11 rbis one walk five K's and a stolen base. Mike, he's batting 385 on base percentage is 407 slugging 692. That's good for a 1.099 OPS. Trey cabbage is certainly somebody who could come up and help this lineup out. If the angels needed somebody like Trey cabbage and his bat to help out the offensive side of things. Now, speaking of offense, I want to talk about two guys who we would love to see be better offensively, but they have, just really struggled in the majors, and right now they're struggling in the minors, and that's Andrew Velasquez and Mickey Moniak. Velasquez is putting up similar numbers that he did in the majors mm-hmm. last season. Really low batting average. On-base percentage is a, a tick high. His slugging's really down. He's a 540 OPS, so that gives you kind of a sense as to where he's at. He's striking out twenty percent of the 26% of the time, and so mm-hmm. he's really swinging and missing. And then Moniak, who had a great spring, and Philly fans will tell you this is what he does, but Moniak has played in eight games. His slash line, 206, 289, 294, 583. Now, in Salt Lake and where the Bees play in their division, it's more of an offensive league. Yes. And so for him to be low offensively, those stats to be low, is is a tell, I think. He's, he's struggling, right? 31% K percentage. Yeah. And so right now, if you're going to bring up an outfielder, Joe Adele is the guy and Mickey Moniak is not. Hey, taking a look at the pitching, Chase Silseth, baby. He also got Pacific Coast Player of the Week at the starting pitcher position listen to this two starts two wins 11 innings pitched no earned runs three Mm. hits three walks 13 k's a 0.055 whip wow a 0.081 average against mike he's on pace for a 10.64 k's per nine so Mm -hmm. about 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings and a 125 babip so if you're frustrated with all the bloops that the angels (laughs) opponents like the jays and the nats have been getting against the Angels, a 125 BABIP would be a very good thing if Chase Silseth came up for a start. And then listen to this. Kenny Rosenberg has been pitching as a starter. He started two games. He's got a win, nine innings pitched, one earned run, nine hits, and no home runs, actually. He hasn't given up a home run. Four walks, 12 Ks, a 1.44 whip, a 265 average against, 12 Ks per nine, and a 409 Babips. So that Babips a little bit high. You, That's that super might high. Be a little bit <laughs> yeah. concerning there, right? Mike, talk about Austin Warren, one of our faves here at Lockdown. Yeah, Austin Angels. Warren uh, got DFA'd and then he got signed back with the Angels and yeah. now he's in the minor leagues. Johnny, what's interesting about Austin Warren, he's putting up some good numbers, but what's interesting is he's been getting save opportunities. Yeah. So they're allowing him to pitch at the end of games. And then another guy who's actually having a, a pretty pretty decent minor league run is Chris Davinsky, yeah. who is a former major leaguer and was really mm-hmm. great with the Houston Astros, but has really lost it. And he's figuring it out at least in 
triple a some of his numbers are really strong the the average against is is kind of high he has four really good pitches and and pretty standard right now in his miles per hour when it comes to his fast his fastball Mm -hmm. and then johnny zach weiss is down there and he's he's scuffling. Why don't you talk about his numbers? Yeah, scuffling a little bit. He gave up a home run in one of his uh, relief opportunities. He did get a win. He's got two innings pitch, but because of that home run, <laughs> he's got a 13 and a half ERA and a 4.29 WHIP. Ouch! Woo! Ouch! Uh, but listen, he's in. He's been in the 64th percentile of fastball velocity, and he sits around 94, 95. I know we've been talking about we need a guy with velo in this bullpen. But listen to the spin rate on the fastball. It ranked in the 91st percentile. Last year, he got 46.7% of players to pull their hits. Mm. 21.9 topped, so they hit the top of the ball and drove it into the ground. And 31.3% of hitters went under the ball, which induces a fly ball or a pop-up. So a couple takeaways here from the minor league report, Mike. Joe Adele. Obviously, I think is the next outfielder up. If something yep. were to happen to Ward or Trout or Hunter Renfro, knock on wood, I think that you would see Joe Adele be called up. I think Chase Silseth is breathing down the necks of starters like Jose Suarez and a pitcher like Tucker Davidson, given how well he's done in AAA so far. And like you said, it's not easy to pitch in AAA because of yeah. the altitude. Yeah. And finally, the the ready for the major relief options in AAA are not necessarily the hard-throwing guys that we feel like we're missing, but guys who have been there before and can get it done if a change needs to be made. So the Angels have options. They are not stuck with the bullpen options that they've been using. I know we've all been frustrated, but they actually have some options to consider moving forward. Locked on Angels is brought to you by the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM game. Be a major league general manager and manage your own franchise by downloading this game. It allows you to manage every strategic aspect of the franchise, playing through the seasons, leading your franchise and your fans to glory as you build up a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches, staff, and managing the team finances. You're also in charge of scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities and injuries. You're navigating your franchise through free agencies and all of the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and very realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play it whenever and wherever you want. And Locked On Angel listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked on in the game store. You can download it in a few ways. Go to probaseballgm.com, probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code if you're watching on YouTube, or you can look it up in the app store. Probaseballgm.com is the best place to go. The ultimate pro baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Mike, you and I were having a conversation not on the pod, just privately, just what it would be like to play next to Shohei Otani and yeah. Mike Trout. And yeah. Does that make it difficult for players to play on the Angels just because you're with these two generational superstars? And here's here's what we mean by that. This is something we've been thinking about, and not even in just this year. I know it's there's a lot of urgency to get to the playoffs in Shohei's last guaranteed year as an Angel, but there's a narrative that the Angels need to get Trout and Otani to the playoffs. Yeah. Of course they do. We do not want to see them sit out in October once again. But when that doesn't happen or the Halos lose, the blame doesn't necessarily fall on Trout and Otani because 
they're usually the ones keeping us in the game, right? right? They're usually the ones contributing, but it does fall to other players in the organization. You see tweets like, oh, the bullpen blew it. Yeah. And you see, you know, DFA Rendon or DFA Renfro. Like everybody likes to DFA, even though they don't know what DFA means. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> then there's these types of tweets. The The Angels are the first team, MLB team to have a pair of former MVPs and Otani and Trout each get an extra base hit but have the rest of the team go hitless since the Yankees did it with Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris in <laughs> yes. May 6, 1962. How long did you spend on baseball reference, you nerd, to yeah. find that stat? This Just is- so you could tweet it and be mean. <laughs> and then, of course, the Tungsten Armo Doyle tweets, you know, something that is always connected to like a ridiculous stat from, from baseball's past and how Trout and Otani broke that record and then the team still lost. So, those narratives are frustrating for us as fans, but I can't imagine what it's like for the players on the team when they aren't living up to the expectations and they're wanting to do their best to get Trout and Otani to the playoffs, but I'm right. sure that's pretty frustrating. Yeah, so you know, fans, online people, they have their perspective, and the question we were wrestling with is, I wonder what the players think about Trout and Otani. What's it like mm-hmm. to play with them? And Jack Kruger, who actually played with the Angels in the organization for five years, mm-hmm. he tweeted out some interactions that he had with Otani. And on his Twitter handle, he tells the story of when he left the team and went to the Rangers and then came back to play the Angels, Otani saw him and he said Otani stopped, said hi, and remembered his name. Mm. And then Jack actually uh, tweeted this. He said, I can't overstate how insignificant I was to Otani's career in life. <laughs> And yet he treated me with the highest level of respect. It would have been completely reasonable for him to forget who I was, but he didn't. And then he said, from the little time that I spent around Shohei, I got the sense that this is how he lives joyfully and respectfully. And that's not just the narrative around Shohei, John. Nolan Arenado actually said some good things about Trout at the WBC. Why don't you share that? Yeah, Nolan Arenado was asked what it was like playing with Trout at the WBC. He said he's bringing the best player in the world into the clubhouse. He's a great teammate talking about the game. He's always willing to talk about hitting and he works hard, man. This guy works his butt off. Now I know why he's the greatest. So it's great to hear from Kruger and it's great to hear from Nolan Arenado just how great it is to be around guys like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So it really comes down to being around those two is a pleasure because yeah. they treat people they're good people with good respect humans. so yep. so the narrative comes from outside of the organization right it's not anything that trout and otani are doing they're actually making it better for players next to them right yeah sounds like it and i think that we as fans are overanalyzing and overthinking about like what the dynamic is and when mm. we read we read every facial expression of Shohei as, oh, he's gone. When we lose the game, oh, he's gone. You know, mm-hmm. all of those things. <clears throat> I just think that ultimately with with these two guys, the pressure isn't coming from them. Hmm. The pressure is actually coming from the media and from the fans. Yeah. I do think that they, as the non-Trout, non-Otani players, I do think that they feel the weight. Sure. I think that they want to get these guys to the playoffs. But the, the good news is, is that because Trout and Otani are good humans, I think that there is a brother-to-brother, friend-to-friend relationship that is being built, and the pressure that they're feeling might even be eased because they have a really healthy relationship with these two guys. You know, you can observe that in the way that they... Bally Sports interviewed a bunch of players 
and said, what if Trout and Otani go one-on-one in the, in the WBC? And the way you saw like Jared Walsh speak about those two, the way you saw a bunch of the other angels talk about Otani and Trout, you could just see that there was admiration for those guys and that yeah. they respected them and felt like they were they were friends, that they were good yeah. people and, and had a close relationship, right? So you know where the pressure's coming from? It's us. It's coming from the media. Me? It's coming from the fans, right? It's coming from those who are... are... I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Hi, I'm the problem. It's coming from everybody freaking out. It's it, yeah. because, And I get that we want Otani to go to the playoffs. We don't want to lose him. But at this point, we're 11 games in, but everybody is just living and dying with wins and losses and yeah. assuming that all of this is happening. I, it reminded me of the early 90s, late 90s Chicago Bulls, John. Mm. huge Bulls fan, loved Michael Jordan. And there were two players that that Jordan has come out and actually talked about how he wanted to protect them from the media and from the fans. In the first three-peat, it was B.J. Armstrong. In the second three-peat, it was Scotty Burrell. Armstrong mm. was a pretty good player. Scotty Burrell could have been a really great player, but Michael Jordan actually said, I don't want Scotty Burrell talking to any of the media people. In fact, mm. if you watched the nine-part series that ESPN did. The Last Dance. Uh, the Last Dance. In that, he actually, to the camera, says, I don't want any of you talking to Scotty hmm. and letting him know that like we're playing the Knicks and it's Patrick Ewing and John Starks. Don't Nobody talk to Scotty because I need him. I don't need him to be freaking out. And mm-hmm. the next game, he went out and scored 24 points, had 10 That's rebounds, mad. and it was awesome, right? And that just reminded me of hearing the good stories of Trout and Otani. It, it, it's kind of an affirmation. like They are really trying to make this a great clubhouse, a great culture, a great camaraderie. And when we talk about the pressure, I think these guys do feel the pressure, Sure, but it's not coming from those superstars. It's yeah. coming from outside of that because we as fans and MLB media and MLB fans are freaking out and placing all of our anxiety and fears upon this organization. When in reality, they may not be as as crazy as we are. I love the relationship that Shohei has with the other starting pitchers. You can see that they're always talking and discussing a game plan. And then Mike Trout, his whole career, man, especially as he's gotten older, comes back into the dugout, tells the next few batters like, hey, watch out for this. Yes. Hey, when he does this, that means he's going to throw a slider. Like he's always given notes like that. So to me, I really just see the camaraderie between Trout and Otani and the rest of the team. It's a benefit to everybody. And yes, we all want them to get to the playoffs. Yes, we all want them to be successful. And that pressure to do that isn't so much from Trout and Otani themselves. They're not saying, thanks a lot, guys. They're there to help out the other players on the team and help make everybody better. I truly believe that. So if the Angels lose, stop tweeting, Otani's gone because you're a nerd. <laughs> hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Y'all playing fantasy baseball. Matt and Dom are going to help you win your league. And you can find their podcast wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And they're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Angels, and you can follow Super Halo Bros at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We post our post-game wrap-up videos on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, so check those out. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Hey, Griffin Canning's on the mound today, and so we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And we're going to talk about the details of what he did well, what he didn't do well, and then, John, we're going to actually wrestle through, depending on how he does, should we choose him over Jose Suarez? Should we choose him over Tucker Davidson? So a lot to talk about, so join us tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Nationals are a good team to get your first start back 
in a year and a half again. Yeah. So hopefully he can go out there and do his thing. All right, friends, until tomorrow's show, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for watching Locked On Angels and listening to Locked On Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.